Welcome to the Solarpreneur Podcast, where we teach you to take your solar business to the next level. My name is Taylor Armstrong, and I went from $50 in my bank account and struggling for groceries to closing 150 deals in a year and cracking the code on why sales reps fail. I teach you how to avoid the mistakes I made and bring in the top solar dogs of the industry to let you in on the secrets of generating more leads, following up like a pro, and closing more deals. What is a solarpreneur, you might ask? A solarpreneur is a new breed of solar pro that is willing to do whatever it takes to achieve mastery, and you are about to become one. Okay, what's going on? Taylor Armstrong here with the Solarpreneur Podcast, and we've got another one that I'm stoked about because we've got someone that we've been in the same circle for a while now, but this is really the first time we've kind of connected on a deeper level, um, just been able to talk, and you relate a lot. We're both in San Diego, and so I'm excited for today's episode. We've got the one, the only, John Soriano coming on the show. Thanks for coming on the podcast with us, John. Yeah, thanks, Taylor. It is a privilege and honor to be here, so appreciate you sharing the platform. Yeah. I'm excited. And I've been following you for a long time. You've been doing amazing things in the industry. He is the uh, regional, or sorry, I know I just barely asked you this. It's regional, but yeah, senior director over at Legacy. Um, you've been through a ton of challenges we're going to talk about and just growing massive yeah. regions, recruited uh, an insane amount of reps. So yeah, we're going to jam on all that today and hear how you've done it, what's working uh, for you to build San Diego and, you know, a lot of other markets that you've helped build. So, yeah, man, I mean, let's just run it from the top. How did you get into solar and what was that? What was kind of like the beginning like for you? Yeah, let me let me say this first. You know, I, I am passionate about this industry. I am passionate about transforming lives. I truly believe that the doors has the ability to transform an individual if they allow it. Because I think in this world, everybody can pretend to be somebody they're not, right? It's really easy to look confident online. It's really easy to show up to a meeting and talk about how you're going to do X, Y, and Z. But on the doors, you go against the real version of you, yeah. right? If you struggle with, uh, you know, being lazy or you're scared to knock doors, like the doors don't lie, right? You go against the real version of you. And that's why I love the doors. That's why I love this space because it's an opportunity for you to go against you every single day and truly become a better person. And I am passionate about helping others do that because it's done it in my life. You know, you ask about kind of how I started. I mean, seven years ago, I was a very, like, I had no sales experience. Door-to-door was my first sales job. Solar's my first sales job. Legacy's been my only company, right? I'm like that virgin in the solar that I stayed with one company for the last seven years. I haven't gone anywhere else. And so um, it's transforming. But I remember my first door. I remember my first door when I knocked it, my mouth instantly went dry. Yeah. Instantly. And I remember, luckily, the guy was really nice. I remember he opened the door, my mouth went dry, and I was, like, trying to talk with, like, dry mouth. You know how that goes. And he didn't even understand me. He was like, hey, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm good. And then he, like, closed the door. And he said it very nicely. I remember I went home that day. I was like, one door. My first door, one door. I went home. I was like, this is hard. But I kept going. And and it's crazy because I still remember that version of me. You know, and that was seven years ago. Started, you know, just learning the art of setting appointments, then closing, and then so on and so forth. And, you know, to be here now, and now we have a sales organization of about 200 reps in Southern California. Um, You know, we're about averaging, like last month we did 630 sales. You know, that's definitely been a a high month for us. Last year we averaged about four to 500 sales a month. And just to go from that, John, to now, it's been great. But, that only happened because I allowed the doors to truly transform who I am. And I love seeing that happen and 
countless other people. Yeah, for sure. And I remember before we met up, um, you know, we have a mutual friend, someone used to work with Hunter Lee, but he actually told me before <laughs> I got here, he's like, yeah, John, uh, he actually was pretty bad at sales and uh, he really struggled starting out. <laughs> for 18 <laughs> months. Yeah. It took me yeah. about 18 months to get decent, right. like decent. Wow. I, it took me two weeks to get my first lead. Wow. I still will never forget my first lead. Didn't close. Uh-huh. But two weeks. I remember I got a, I got a bill and I hit up Ashton Buzzwell actually. Yeah. And I was like, I got a lead. What do I do with it? Nice. <laughs> and then I didn't close, but it took me two, it took me about two months to get my first sale. Wow. Um, and then four, four or five months to get my first install, you know? And yeah. it's crazy. I mean, I did probably like, I don't know, 15 accounts my first year. Wow. I was really bad. I was, you know, yeah. but I will tell you what I did have was determination, you that's know, awesome. and that's really all it takes. Like, I, I don't care if it took I don't care if some guy, t- it took him a year to get to do what I did in three, four or five years. It doesn't matter. The outcome is the same. Yeah. And I really believe if you stay with it long enough, eventually the results will come. Yeah. You know, and others have done what I've done a lot faster, but I don't care because because the, the, the reality is I'm in competition with me every single day. Yeah. And too often people try to compete with others. They see what other people are doing and like, oh, well, it's like, dude, no, like compete against you. Com- just compete against the version of you yesterday, yeah. last week, last month, last quarter. If you do that long enough, eventually you'll look back and be like, wow, yeah. I've actually accomplished a good amount. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, all that to say, like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was really bad the first 12 months and I'm yeah. happy I had people that believed in me. So the golden me and, you know, were, were patient with me and yeah. to eventually become the person I knew I could become. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I relate to that too. I mean, I was similar to that. It took me, I think I got to sell on my first week, but then they canceled, of course. And, uh, you know, didn't get one that stuck until like a month later. <laughs> And, you know, just living off other guys' food because I came out worth 50 bucks in the bank account and everything. So, yeah, I really relate to that. And in my opinion, I think in a way, people that have to go through that struggle and it's not like instant success, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times they end up being a stick it out. Like those are the ones that I see stick in the industry more than someone that sometimes has like instant success. So I think there's something to be said about really pushing hard and um, developing the traits to uh, stick it out and um, develop those skills. But speaking of that, like I know a lot of reps listening to this they might be in the same boat maybe they're just starting maybe they're struggling and you know how it is a lot of people quit a lot of people start out and if they don't have success they just quit and so for you was there something that clicked that finally was like okay this is working now or like what what drove you to keep going and what made you think that you would eventually have success and I don't know maybe something that helped um, you finally start having success yeah the way I saw it is if one person could have success then that means countless others could that's all it just takes one person and when I first started I saw there were a few people that was like okay like they're making good money like cool they're making five eight ten thousand a month right which back then in the 250 kilowatt days for those of you that remember that that was good money back then right right? like if you're making ten thousand a month like that was good where nowadays it's like you know people are like yeah that's not enough anyways but uh I remember there were people that were making good money and I was like well why if they can do it why why can't I yeah and you know the I I also have four years in the Marine Corps Mm -hmm. and one of the the biggest things to learn in the Marine Corps was this philosophy or this mindset of uh, adapt and overcome, right? In the military, they teach you like, hey, like you never know what situation you're going to walk into, right? They make you ready to where if you're literally in a life or death situation, you have to adapt to that situation and overcome. And we can't do that. And so I was like, okay, well, who do I have to become to have the results this person has? Because I was like, if they can do it, why why can I? Like, I'm no different. Like, I have the same resources. You know, I can, I have knocked the same door. So that was the kind of like the mindset that carried me through. So it's like, just remember that. And especially even back 
back then, we didn't have that many people that were operating at a high level. You fast forward to 2023, yeah. if you're starting solar, you have so many people, yeah. right? Like think like podcasts like these really weren't that big in 2016 when I first started. For sure. You know, where now you have so many people that are providing a great amount of resource on social media, on, on YouTube, Instagram, podcasts, whatever. So like if one person can do it, which now we have countless of people that are making crazy good money, yeah. like why can't you, you know, and adopt that mindset. Like, hey, like I will, like I will persist. I'll, I will persist until I succeed. Right? Yeah. From the the great salesman in the world. Like that was a book I read when I yeah. first started, and that first scroll stuck with me. <laughs> I will persist until I will succeed. Yeah. Okay. And that might take a year, might take two years, five years. But the way I saw it is, I would much rather grind it for five years if I knew that for the next thirty years I was set up. Yeah. Than to do the normal right route nine to five whatever and kind of barely make it by for 40 years. I would much rather have the first option. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it paid off for you, which we'll talk about, but, um, yeah, it's funny. You're talking, you know, all the resources we have now just cause I don't know if you knew this story, but, uh, when I first started in 2016 as well, um, one of the first people I reached out that I saw was having a ton of success was Ashton. And, you know, everyone talked about Ashton. Oh, he's closing all these deals. The goat. And so uh, shout out to him, but I reached out to him and I was obviously not with, um, legacy, but I'm like, Hey man, I see you're having a ton of success. Can I, uh, like take you out to lunch, take you out to dinner, just ask, you know, ask you some questions. And, uh, he turned me down. He's like, he's like, no, I only, I only meet with people within my company. I'm like, come on, man. Free food isn't enough for you. lunch, And so that was, um, you know, I give him crap about that, but that was one of the reasons I started the podcast and obviously we have way more resources now. Yeah. So it's cool to see how it's growing and way more abundant mindset and nothing against Ashton. I'm sure, uh, you know, yeah. he wanted to keep it tight lipped and everything, but it's crazy. It's, actually, uh, I want to give him a, a praise too. Ashton was yeah. one, he was my early mentor. Nice. Um, I was under his office when I first started, you know, yeah. he was the district manager of San Diego at the time. And yeah. he was, uh, he took me in the doors for a few hours and I quickly saw that the guy literally runs from door to door. Yeah. Like literally, like it's crazy. Like, you know, he jokes about it sometime when you listen to him, but if you ever see him knock, he's like, he walks so fast that it uh, looks like he's running. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. a funny thing about him. But yeah, no, he's he's great. But yeah, it's crazy that nowadays though we have so many guys yeah. to learn from. It's like free now, right? You yeah. go on Instagram, and you don't have to search for that long to find good content on Instagram, YouTube, yeah. whatever. So there's really no reason. Like we have so many more resources for yeah. people to be successful. So yeah, just learn it. Remember, go like I would say. Like the advice I would give is to new people is just go against the version of you from yesterday and just yeah. go to sleep knowing that the version of you going to bed is better than the version of you that woke up yeah. like 1% better. Yeah. hundred percent. And so well, I wanted to ask you too, John, how did you get recruited? Like was this zip recruiter indeed one of those guys there? How did you first get recruited into solar? No. So it wasn't indeed. Um, so I, so I, like I mentioned, so I did the Marine Corps for four years, right? Okay. And um, I actually wanted to do like 20 years in the Marine Corps. I was like one of those guys that's like, I love it. I was gung ho. Nice. But my last about 18 months in the Marine Corps, I got exposed to network marketing. Mm. And so um, I actually did Vima for about three years. Okay. So I don't know if you remember Vima, but uh, I did Vima. It was a network marketing company. We sold energy drinks. You know, okay. we were competing against Red Bull. And okay. and that was my first exposure to self-development. That was my first exposure to entrepreneurship. Okay. It was my first exposure of like, hey, you don't have to go the traditional route. Right. Yeah. I bought into that. I believe that you have to take the, tr- the traditional route of, you know, nine to five, whether it's the Marine Corps or 
some corporate job, go to college, all that. Yeah. And so we did a VMA and I loved it. The company went under, unfortunately. Uh, well, I guess fortunately, reflecting yes. on it. Yeah. Um, but the principles I learned stuck with me. And so for about a year after that, I was kind of in the, this weird limbo, kind of looking for the next thing. I knew that the lifestyle of a nine to five wasn't for me, mm. um, but I didn't know what my future uh, held me. So I was like open-minded to new opportunities. Okay. And so my my friend, Michael from the Marine Corps, um, uh, he, we did a VMA together. He one day hit me up. Uh, he was in Vegas and he's like, dude, everything we were looking for in, in network marketing is in solar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean solar? They didn't know anything about solar. And then he kind of told me all about it, the money you can make, you know, and all that. And I was like, cool, I'm in. Nice. Like it was, I was, I was laid out because I was, I was open to the next, like, cool, what's, what's next, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so he wanted me to go to San Jose with him, but I was doing an, in, an internship at the church at the time. And okay. I was like, well, I got to finish this internship. Let me just do it here in San Diego. Once I'm done, you know, I'll go up to San, I'll go up to San Jose. And, um, well, a few months later, he actually got promoted, became the new manager of San Diego. And then he was like, Hey, you don't got to move. And I'm like, thank God. Cause nice. I did not want to go to San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of after that, the rest is history, you know? Okay. And, uh, but that was my kind of in, intro solar. Okay. Nice. And that, this guy's still doing solar to this yeah. day or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, uh, we, we parted ways in 2019, unfortunately. Okay. He's, uh, over our competitor now and, uh, doing great things over there. Okay. Um, but yeah, we no longer work together. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So that's why they call you the general right yeah so it's funny he actually is the one that gave me the nickname that same guy michael yeah so uh he actually we were doing a coaching it's funny because i and i want to show this i don't i didn't i don't call myself that (laughs) i didn't just one day wake up and i'm like i want everyone to call me the general so (laughs) the kind of quick funny story but uh him and i were doing a a business coaching class together for six months we did this uh, there was only 12 of us and one day randomly we we went to the class and he just called me like what's up general and I was like, okay, that sounds weird. Like, all right. But I was like, okay, hey, what's up, man? Ha ha. And then he kept calling me that. And then after a few weeks, the people that were in that class with us, then they started calling me general. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't like it. I was like, I, I thought it was kind of weird. <laughs> and, then, um, and then he started calling me that at the sales meetings, correlations. And then, like, some of the other reps started calling me that. And then I went to a Grant Cardone conference, the, the 10X conference in 2019. Mm-hmm. And Grant Cardone talked about, like, the power of branding. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, um, he just said in such a way where I was like, man, why, like, why, why don't I just own the general? Because people organically were calling, they were already calling me that. Yeah. I, again, I didn't self-promote it. It was like, I was like trying to stop it. Yeah. But they were like, what's up, General John, General, General, what's up? And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I had this thought and I was like, man, the reason I don't like it is because I don't view myself as a real general. Mm. Because when you think about a real like military general, yeah. the the person that comes to mind is an is an alpha, strong minded, physically fit, right? A strategist, right? You don't think of a weak dude right. when you think of a five star general. Yeah. And I kind of had this like mo- like this revelation of like, man, the reason I struggle with like kind of owning it is because I don't feel worthy of that. Mm-hmm. And then after th- that message from Grant Cardone, I was like, you know what? Like I may not be it in the real world, but I can believe it in my mind. Mm-hmm. And that moment, I kind of made this this point of like, you know what? I will become. I will, I will operate as a real general. Like, so in my mind, I've convinced myself that I am a real general, right? In my mind, right? It it exists in my mind. And so I'm like, cool, how would a general think, right? Because running a sales organization is kind of like having an army, Yeah, you know? 
you got all these like freaking strong alpha personalities, yeah. which is kind of like running a like you know like running Spartans or running like yeah. running like SEAL Team Six. And so I was like, man, okay, how how would a general think? How would he treat his people? How would he show up to meetings? Mm. You know what 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 accolades would he had? And ever since then, I made this decision of I'm gonna work towards that. I'm still working towards that to this day. Yeah, but that really helped me with my identity and kind of helped me with my self worth because I do think men in general struggle a lot with self worth. Right. They don't feel worthy of certain successes. And I was like, no, I'm going to own that. And then that's kind of where I was like, I changed my Instagram name. I was like, I'm going to own this. You know what? People are already calling me. I don't care. I'm going to own it. It was weird at first, yeah. but it's actually helped a lot with the brand. And, yeah. but more importantly, it's not that it's more what it's done within me Yeah. that I really have this sense of self love towards myself because I'm like, no, I am worthy of that. And I'm going to, till the day I die, I'm going to keep working yeah. towards being that person, right? Thinking, acting like a real general that commands an army. Like my goals in the next 10 years, I want to have 10,000 people nice. in my organization, yeah. right? And again, if I was a real general, how, how would I lead these 10,000 people? Because yeah. right? to lead 10,000 people, you better have your crap dialed in. Yeah. And so I'm working towards that every single day. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, no, I can tell. I mean, you got you got your systems dialed. You guys are growing massive teams. And uh, it's funny. I've heard a lot of people talk about almost like, you know, business guys almost having like an alter ego or someone that they're like trying to be when they're like in business mode and everything. So, um, yeah, I think it's worked for you. And, um, you know, you you you're, you're probably the dream recruit. Like if I could think of my dream recruit, it'd be someone that was like military experience, network marketing experience. True. And uh, yeah, you've been I have I, I will say yeah, some of the best sales guys are uh, like one of the two. Network yeah. markers are great. Yeah. Like we were like Jack Pastrana. He was the top earner. He did like he made one point. I believe three million last year in, in install commission. Wow. And he came from a network market. He did it for seven years. All right. And so when he like found about solar, he's like, dude, this like is I've been doing this Yeah, already. he's like, I've been he's like I, he's like, I've been doing in home presentations already nice. for like a hundred bucks. Wow. And when he saw this, he was yeah. like, and dude, second last year was his second full year into solar. Yeah. And he did one point three. You should get him on your podcast because he's he's a beast. He's like, on your team? Yeah. Jack Pastrana, wow. he's a beast. He did like wow. we'll we'll show pay stubs, but he did one point wow. three million and just install commission. Oh my gosh. Right? Like that's not even including leadership pay yet. So I mean wow. he installed about 170 accounts. Wow. I believe around okay. there. Yeah. Give or take a few. Days. Yeah, no, I know there's certain guys that have that background that you want to go after them. And I think network marketing is one of them. Military is another. And I guess yeah. what was the third Mormons, maybe people. Look yeah, <laughs> I will, I will even say this on recruiting. I, I would love the, I would love to see more of the industry shift <laughs> towards recruiting non door to door guys. Yeah. What I see happening a lot in the industry is like like the same solar companies are going against other solar companies and they're recruiting and like that's their style. Yeah. And a lot of like all my growth has been organic. Yeah. You know, we have it's been a slow way to build. However, it's been a strong way to build. Yeah. Yeah. I have 18 managers right now. All 18 of them were one setters with me. All of them. There's yeah. not a single one. You know, my my two regionals that were one setting for me like years ago, right? Yeah. Um, and all of them didn't had never done solar, never done door to door. And I do believe that it's much better to take somebody new and like they will learn a lot faster. Because if you hire a guy that maybe has a door to door background, um, sometimes they have to unlearn certain things that maybe yeah. is not conducive with your culture. Yeah. And so I will say like, I think the industry should like make more of a shift 
shift to like, hey, go after the servers. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people right now that are doing some dead end job that don't want to be there and they have no idea an opportunity like solar exists. Yeah. And I think we owe it to ourselves to share that with people, you know, because I will say that some of the most loyal people you will recruit are people who had nothing to give you when they first started. Yeah. Because they like a brand new guy has nothing to give you. Like it's you actually have to pour a lot into them. Yeah. You have to be patient. It takes sometimes a few months. Like Jordan Matessia, he's one of my best leaders. He's practically my right wing man. Nice. But the first six months he sucked. Yeah. He actually quit. Wow. He quit and then went back to a corporate job. And after five months of me like pestering him, like, dude, come back, come back. He's like, all right, I'll give another shot. Yeah. You know, but he's one of the most loyal dudes yeah. because he had nothing to give me back then. Yeah. So I will say like some of the best recruits are actually people who don't have some type of sales. I'm not saying that's the case all the time. Yeah, yeah. But it is a slow way to build. It'll take time. Yeah. But you will have a really strong foundation that when weather, when storms come, you'll be able to survive that because those guys are so loyal to you because they know that you gave them a lot when they had nothing to give you. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the other thing, they're way less needy too because guys come from their companies like, oh, okay, what's my sign-on bonus? Or like, what are you going to give me if I come over? Guys that ask for sign-on bonus usually suck. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. well, like that guy's, that's been my experience. Like if you ask for a sign-on bonus, my, I, cause then I ask him like, well, if you're so good, why do you need a bonus? Yeah. If you're so good, then shouldn't you have money? Yeah. Like I just, I'm just like kind of a little dumbfounded by that sometimes in the industry. Yeah. yeah. I know. So yeah, no, I agree. I mean, way more loyal, less needy guys for sure. And um, yeah, I mean, you've been able to weather a lot of storms and that's actually what I want to talk about next. Just transition a little bit is before we started the podcast, you told me, you know, some of the big challenges you guys have been through over at Legacy and um you know, maybe you can talk, you don't have to get super in depth on all of them, but like most people, they quit when the first storm comes, they quit, they jump to another company, or if there's one issue, you know, they're having tons of doubts and I'm sure there's doubts and all that, but, um, maybe you could speak to that. Just maybe, you know, give a little overview of some of the big storms you've had to weather, um, as you've been at legacy for seven years. And then just like, what gave you this strength or what, how did you keep going where most guys would quit and be like, oh, I'm just going to bounce to another company and, um, go take the easier route but why did you continue with the same company and maybe how it's paid off for you but yeah let's let's hear a little bit about that yeah i think first it begins with adopting a mindset of your forge through the fire um you know there's like a verse in the bible that talks about like as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens another man you know in other words you can interpret that is you have to go through fire you have to go through friction to truly become that best version of yourself yeah and so i think too many guys they want the easy path and that's fine because our, our brains that we are wired, we're built to always take the path of least resistance, right? Our brain's main function in life is to help us survive, yeah. right? Like that's that f- fight or flight. If a bear pops up, the brain's like, okay, what do I need to do to survive, yeah. right? So of course we have to understand that our brain is wired that way, but sometimes we have to, you know, have the awareness of like, no brain, I know you're trying to make me survive. So I know you're trying to tell me I shouldn't take this hard path, but I actually need to take this hard path. And so, so I think first is adopting adopting this mindset of like, hey, you're forced to the fire. You have to go through challenges in order to see this version of you that doesn't know exists. So I, I like I, maybe the military helped me believe that. I'm 
I'm not really sure where that belief came from for me. But that's why whenever any challenges come, I actually get excited because I'm like, dude, this is an opportunity for me to discover a new version of me that I don't know exists yet. Mm. You know, like if if you would have told me that I am, I would have been where I am today three years ago, I wouldn't believe you because I didn't know that version of me existed. Yeah. But I'm only here today because I have weathered many storms. And I think people are too quick to be like, oh, it's hard. I'm going to quit. I'm going to go somewhere else. Or they, or they point the blame and say, oh, well, this didn't work out because of X, Y, and Z. It's like, I believe in radical ownership. Yeah. I do. I believe in absolute radical ownership. I truly believe that everything that is going right in your life is your fault and everything going wrong in your life is also your fault. Yeah. So I think it begins with that, adopting that mindset of like, hey, just if you if your company is going through some growing pains, grow with them, yeah. right? Stop looking somewhere else, you know, because on the other side of that is a lot of fruit. You know, you can't, like no different than the gym, right? You can't yeah. go to the gym and expect to stay in the comfort zone and for your muscles to grow. Yeah. For your muscles to grow, you have to at this point where you're like, it hurts so bad, I don't want to keep going. But that's where the growth happens. And everyone knows that. But when it's time to actually do it, I, I, don't, I don't understand why some people, you know, have this kind of victim, like, oh, I'd rather just deflect than just absorb it. And yeah, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but yeah, well, no, it's true. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of people have, uh, and, and I was, I was telling before I've gone through some situations where maybe I should have weathered the storm a little bit more. Um, you know, sometimes it's tough to know when it's time to jump ship and everything, but obviously it's paid off for you. And like, you're in an extremely good position now where you've gone through these obstacles and you've grown with it. And now you're out on the other side, that much stronger where, you know, people that jump ship early, it's like, I think there's a lot of lessons maybe they could have learned if they would have stayed. But uh, yeah, so I know you had, you know, with um, Legacy, you guys had the people that broke off, did the whole Sunder thing. Um, you talk about some other people, key people leaving your organization. Um, what do you think? Um, I don't know if you're willing to speak to that, but what's been like the toughest challenge that you've had to go through in these seven years? And how did you uh, get through it, would you say? Yeah, that was easy for me. So I would say for a long time, I had this fear of man. I was afraid of what others thought of me. And so I was this kind of passive leader in the sense I was more of a people pleaser. So in 2019, you know, we legacy had a really bad breakup with uh, some of the key people in there. I think the, the industry knows it, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, overnight, you know, we lost two thirds of our sales force. You know, yeah, we went, they went to a different uh, installer and started their own company. Yeah. And regardless of whatever, like the right or wrong doesn't really matter. Yeah. But, but it did cripple us. It yeah. did, you know, like I remember staying back and, at the time, our office had maybe like 50 guys in there okay. and there were like 20 left, like with, with legacy. And I was like, oh. I hit this point where I'm like, crap, I got to rebuild again. You know, yeah. like I was finally gaining some traction back then. I was like, like a year prior to that, we had another company that recruited a lot of our guys and we lost them. And, yeah. and then we finally rebuilt that. And then that, that thing happened in yeah. 2019. And yeah. then I was like, I hit this point where I was like, I don't want to rebuild again. Like I, I remember feeling the sense of, man, I'm raising up my competition because there were so many people that I trained and then now they're with a competitor. Yeah. And I was like, who's to say this person won't leave me? Yeah. And so I think that traumatized me to where I didn't want to invest in people because, and then I turned more into a people pleaser okay. than being the person I knew I needed to be. So not, then fa 
fast forward about two years after that, I went through another challenge where um, I had one of my one of my leaders um, that, you know, there were just some issues with his sales practice. Mm-hmm. And when we confronted him about it, you know, it, it didn't turn out too well. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, there was like another challenge we had to go through and I failed. I did turn a blind eye to, towards certain things that were being done. Mm-hmm. but And I was doing it out of fear of correcting this person. I thought if I corrected this person, that this person will leave me and then other people will leave. And I had to go through this season of owning my crap. I had to apologize a lot of people say I wasn't the leader I needed to be. And all that to say this, that I made this pivotal point that I'm like, you know what? I am done being afraid of other people's opinion on me. Mm. Like I know the person I need to be. And if people don't vibe with that, that's fine. Because yeah. in this industry, it's very easy to get become a people pleaser because like we all know that our reps have many options as to where they can work. Yeah. Like if we're being real, right? Like there's not a, like there's an abundance of, of places reps can work. Yeah. Right. So because we know that we have this sense of like, oh, I got to please them or they're going to go somewhere else. But I've actually discovered that when I actually became a leader of conviction, a leader that was like, nope, I'm not afraid if I piss you off. I'm not afraid if I say something to you and you don't like it. Mm-hmm. What actually happens, the opposite of what I thought would happen, happened. Yeah. Like people actually didn't leave me. If anything, they had more respect and reverence towards me Mm. because I feel like in this industry people just more or less just want to please others like oh well hook me up with this and I've been like people have come to me and say hey well you know I want I want better economics I'm like no and here's why and then they're just like okay and then they they carry on yeah but I I I be 2021 something happened to where I was like no I'm gonna be the leader that is not afraid to hurt people's feelings. Yeah. And I think we need more of those leaders sometimes in this space. Sometimes I look at, you know, like some of the organizations and some of them are kind of ran kind of fratty and kind of like party and all that and whatever, teach their own, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I think we need more leaders that are not afraid to step into their masculine core and be that masculine leader, right? Kind of like that father's, you know, like just like how in every healthy household, right? You have the the voice and the correction of the father yeah. or of a father, I mean, like same thing, I think in a organization right somebody on that team better be that voice of that father that's like yeah it can be fun but also can kind of be like no when it's time to correct somebody we're going to correct somebody yeah and when i made that shift dude my results changed that's awesome. and i was able to operate with more peace i had more peace in my life i was like thank god i'm not stressed about people leaving because it was more about me just coming in alignment with like my worth yeah and i was like no like i'm this is who i am and if you don't like it that's fine like i'm i'm cool with that yeah i can i'll go to sleep at night fine knowing that this person doesn't like me yeah but it's it's crazy how much like actually the results change when i made that pivot yeah it's awesome well i love that because i think it applies in so many other things aside from you know growing and growing teams and offices is like even in sales the people that have the abundance mindset and are like you know i was just having a conversation with the with a guy i'm coaching this morning is just um him sitting in appointments with like one layers just the wife or husband is there and like he used to sit in so many of these appointments and obviously you know we know that has a lower chance of closing I'm like, dude, just switch it to abundance mindset. Be like, hey, I got 10 more of these waiting for me. Like if if you don't want, you know, husband and wife to be here, I'll just on to the next one. And yeah. like you got to create that frame. And I think it's the same thing that some of us are afraid to do as leaders is we're, you know, um, walking on eggshells and afraid to upset this rep, afraid to offend this person. Yeah. Where I think if you, you know, once, like you're saying, once you created that frame, people respected it more and um, you're probably able to grow your team and way better leaders and yeah. have a lot more success. I mean, it's kind of so. like this too, you know, think about this. If, if somebody's breaking in your home, yeah. what kind of, what kind of person do you want to show up to your house? 
to protect you, right? What kind of police officer do you want? Do you want the passive, like, oh, let me just make sure you're okay kind of police officer? Or do you want that alpha, right, strong, yeah. like, police officer, right? I think yeah. we all know what, we, what kind of police officer we want. For sure. You know, because I do believe there's something in each human that they want to be led by somebody that can operate in true masculine power, yeah. right? And, ma and masculine power isn't like, you know, you tell people what to do. It's not that, right? Yeah. I believe, like, a I, I, a masculine leader like invites others, right? A masculine leader empowers others, you know, challenges others, but also with love. Yeah. And I think everyone deep down inside does want to follow a leader like that. Yeah. Not someone who just tells them what they want to hear, but sometimes who like someone who really does tell them what they what they need to hear. Sometimes, of course, again, out of love, not yeah. in a like you suck kind of way, but in a, like, hey, I care so much about you, and I care about your development that I need I need to point out a blind spot in your life and. Yeah. I've discovered that actually people become more loyal to you because yeah. I, I had this mindset of like, oh, if I say they're going to leave me or even even in the home. Right. Like I've had cases where I have a one legger and I just leave. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, well. And they're like, oh, well, we'll just meet here. And I'm like, no, because I, I know where this ends. Yeah. And there's like there's been there's been times where like I'll be meeting with the the wife and the husband's just kind of doing his thing. Yeah. And I will literally say, hey, Ms. can like I need both of you guys present. If yeah. both of you guys can be here, then I can be with you. And if you say that with conviction, like they're just like, oh, Okay, and then they like sit down with you, yeah. you know. And if they say no, then cool. Like you said, like you know your yeah. worth, right? Just walk out. There's more. There's more homeowners yeah. out there yeah. that will buy your product than than there. Are, there's but there's only one of you. Definitely, yeah. Well, and it's impressive. You're talking about just how you built all these leaders organically, and yeah, I don't really know. I don't think I've had really anyone on the podcast that's built that many leaders with it from within the organization and had them turn into such strong reps. You know, we were just talking about one guy that actually used to work at a previous company with me before, and he wasn't doing a ton, but now he's one of your leaders he's producing a ton so i think there's something you know you yeah. guys got a secret sauce over there you're growing a lot of people and so what's been the secret like how do you take some of these people that um you know maybe it seems like they're not going to be super solid reps maybe it seems like they're not hitting it off um and having a ton of success initially but how have you taken these people and grown them into leaders what's your secret on that yeah i would say one of the things is you got to give them they have to believe in something bigger than themselves, something bigger than solar, something bigger than money. Okay. So uh, about 20, end of 2020, we made this pivot to where like uh, I had done enough volume within like, so Legacy has this thing where when you do a certain amount of volume, you can start branding your own your own teams, right? Okay. And so for a while, I, well, when we finally hit that, I was like, okay, what are we going to name our team? Like, what's going to be the name? And I, even my wife will tell you for weeks, I was like, man, I was like, no, but what about this? And they're like, ah, oh, that sounds corny. This, 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 this. Mm. And the word valor came to mind for me. Okay. And I was like, ah, oh, valor. I'm like, okay, that yeah, sounds good. But I, I wasn't sold yet. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a man of faith, right? Yeah. And um, so I was like praying about it. And then I was just guided to this passage and, and I'm getting to a point to all this, but I was guided to a passage in the Bible um, through through King David. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows King David, right? You know, fought Goliath, a really mighty warrior, yeah. a great king. And, uh, you know, this is after uh, he slays Goliath and then he goes uh, and then Saul tries to kill him. And then now he's hiding in the cave of Dulam. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that 300 men come to his aid. But it's interesting. The Bible describes these men as broken men, mm. men in debt, discontent, mm. right? They were like the rejects of the society, yeah. right? They were the broken people. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like, these are the men that came to David's aid, right? When David needed help, these are the men. Yeah. You fast forward a whole book later, right? David is now king of Israel. Ten years have passed. 
These same men are now being described as mighty men of valor. Mm. And if you have valor, valor is like a spirit, right? If you have valor, that you're just an individual that can do hard things. You're an individual that can go into battle, right? And, you know, can can handle it, right? Yeah. And when, when I read that, it kind of had this, like, you know, like God spoke to me and was like, hey, I'm calling you to raise up men and women of valor. I'm going to send you broken people, and your job is to empower them and help them become whole. And so when I thought about that, I'm like, wow, organically, we already are that. You know, when you look at any one organization, like all of us, I, I would say everyone in the industry probably entered the industry a little broken. Yeah. Right? Whether it's you weren't confident, whether it's you were broke, yeah. whether it's you were in debt, whether whatever it is, I think all of us entered a little bit broken. Yeah. But if you allow the door-to-door space to refine you, you know, you can become an individual that can develop this spirit of valor. And so for me, I was like, man, that's it. So ever since then, I've been honing big on that brand of like, hey, this is who we are. Yeah. Okay, yes, we sell solar. Yes, we knock on doors. That's the vehicle, but that's not our purpose. And I feel like that's been a huge reason why, like the guy you mentioned, have plugged in because they plugged into something bigger than solar. You know, like my guys don't work for me because of the money and selling solar, although that's an added bonus. But they do it because they buy into what our purpose is. You know, that's why our organization's name is Valor, right? That's the name of our division. And, you know, if you go to our meetings, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll hear seven, you know, we have seven core values, right? And we talk about what it means. It's not just a name. We live it. We embrace it. You know, we talk about, okay, like, what does it mean to come in broken? You know, like, cool, let's, let's go from you're in debt to you're buying your first home. And so I think, you know, for any leaders that are listening to this, give your guys a purpose deeper than 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 anything material, hmm. right? Like you can't buy what I just said. You can't. Yeah, true. You know, it has to already organically be happening. When I named the valor, it wasn't like we weren't already doing that. We already were doing that. We already were taking broken people in, right? Like one of my leaders used to be a drug addict, right? Wow. Now he's married, homeowner, nice. right? Like, you know, actually, I have uh, one of my other leaders used to be an Uber driver right now. Also married, about to buy a home in about a month, wow. you know, up in Fallbrook, nice. you know. So it's just crazy. When I look at least my organization, there's so many stories. Actually, almost everybody came in broken, but that's organically who we were. But now we talk about it, right? When we recruit people, we talk about, hey, this is who we are, you know, and I, and I uh, we're unapologetic about it, you know. Yeah. And so I think develop something like a purpose deeper than just making money, than just, yeah, we sell solar, because those things come and go. Yeah. You know, those things, like, because if uh, then another guy will come around and have a better pay scale or better yeah. product, and then they'll leave you. But yeah, yeah. what I offer is not easy duplicatable. True. And so that's what allow certain guys to come in, plug into it, and then they're like, wow. Because everybody inherently wants to grow. I do believe if people don't feel like they're growing, eventually they will start looking somewhere else. Yeah. I do believe that. I think as humans, we're wired to want to grow. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're a leader of, of, of sales reps, you better have some type of, like, some type of system, some type of culture where people can truly feel like, wow, I'm growing. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether that means they're growing in their sales. Like, I'm big on marriage. You know, like, I tell my guys, like, hey, the moment you get married, our relationship just changed. You know, actually, just, just recently, I was at a wedding literally a week ago. Mm-hmm. One, one of my guys. Yeah. Now 
now he's a husband. And I noticed that he was, um, uh, his now wife was at the table by herself. You know how, like, when people get married, they have a dinner by themselves, or they have a table by yeah. themselves, and they, like, have their first meal together? Yeah. Well, I noticed that he was talking to one of his boys at another table, you know? And, like, his wife, and so I walk over to him, and some people may think I'm wrong for doing this or whatever, <laughs> like, but this is just who I am. I walk over to him, and this is one of my friends, right? Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm like, I walk, I'm like, hey, you're, you're, you're a husband, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, hey, listen, uh, one of the first rule of being a husband is you don't leave your wife alone at the table. Yeah. I've been looking at your wife for the last three minutes over there, and I can tell that she wants you to come back. And I'm like, I like as a friend, I think you should go back. And he was like, oh, okay, you're right. Nice. You know? But I tell my guys that, hey, when you become a husband, for example, right? Like, people want to feel like they're growing, whether it's, again, in finances, in their salesmanship, in their parenting, in their fatherhood, motherhood, their fitness, whatever. Like, you better have some type of culture that truly is helping people grow and develop. Yeah, no, that's that's a nugget right there. And it's so cool that you make this more than just about sales. Because like you're saying, if it's if they're not growing, then second they get offered an extra 10 cents a watt or whatever, they're off to the next one. If it's all about the sales and the money. And um, yeah, I've definitely seen that in different organizations when they're bought in with a purpose. People are not only like bought in the organization, but they're also selling at a higher level because like the motivation for money runs out pretty quick yeah. when you're out there. It's 100 degrees outside and yeah. dogs barking at you people yelling at you and but yeah that's that's awesome that you guys have been able to grow like that yeah. and, and, I'll, and i'll say this you know and i, I say this actually with pride mm. but i would say that we have probably one of the higher economics in this market like yeah. my team does yeah but i will promise you i will go against any team here and pound for pound my guys make more yeah and even though with us having higher economics because it, it, again, it's more than just money, yeah. right? And so there's there's definitely power in that. I think a lot of leaders they try to build it around like let me offer the lowest pay scale. Yeah. Okay. But I would say we offer probably one of the highest. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the highest, but we're definitely not in the cheap route. Like, you know, if someone wants to ever work at Legacy, like we definitely are not on the lower end, yeah. but we're also not on the highest end. I would say we're like a little bit above average. Yeah. However, though, we have done I think a great job at helping our people believe in something bigger than themselves, and that allows them to make even more money than a guy who has a lower red line, lower economics, whatever, yeah. but doesn't have maybe a, a deep purpose. Yeah. Well, you were telling me before we started the podcast, um, you were naming off like how many people made over a million, how many people made over half a million, and then so many people made over like six figures. And so for you as a leader, does that give you, I don't know, does that excite you more, almost more? Because I've heard from some people like, oh, it's more exciting to see like other people making a ton of money than myself at this point. Would you agree with that? Is it pretty exciting for you to see? Very. Yeah, because I believe a real leader should want to see their people do better than them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A real leader should want to like a leader paves the way so that when the people that come after them can do it better and faster. Yeah. So if, like for me to go from my like it took me maybe three years to make my first six figures yeah. in solar. Okay. Right. But if right now is also taking guys three years to make six figures, I am failing as a leader. Where we literally had a guy, mm -hmm. uh, I think, oh man, what was it? It was either January or December. Mm -hmm. He, in one week, he got paid $126,000. Oh Will, Will Brenly, another guy, if you want to go on the podcast, his name is Will yeah. Brenly. I don't think he has a social media. Okay. But we, we recruited him from, I believe it was a car dealership. Oh man, I'm trying to remember what he was doing. Yeah. But he, he wasn't doing solar door to door. Yeah. And in six months, he literally made four hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! Six months, and I'm like, and that stuff excites me because I'm like, yeah. dude, it took me like five years to make my first four hundred thousand in solar. <laughs> yeah. This guy did it in six 
freaking wow. months, yeah. you know? And at the end of the day, like development and growing, all these things, like the byproduct of that is the money, yeah. right? If you focus on truly helping your people level up, yeah. not just in money. Actually, it shouldn't even be money. It should be like as a human, as a, right. as a, like if they're married, great. You better be a freaking, a, a leader in the husband, right? Checking on their marriage. Yeah. I, I, I'll call my guys and say, hey, how are you and your wife? And I'm the guy I'll ask you about your sex life. I'll say, hey, Taylor. All right, what's your wife's name? Natalie. I'll say, hey, Taylor, are you and Natalie having sex? I, I'm that guy. Okay. You know, and then sometimes they're like, actually, we're not. Well, what's going on, man? And, dude, guys open up, you know, because I know sex is very important to marriage. Hey, I'm, yeah. I'm being real here. Yeah, I like it. Right? Like, I'm being real, right? Yeah. If a man is not having sex in the marriage, it's going to disrupt their ability to lead. Yeah. It's going to disrupt how what they're bringing. Because I already I know if, if the marriage is not doing well, it's going to impact everything else. Yeah. So, like, I'm that kind of guy, right, to where, like, I don't care. I'm, I will get down <laughs> raw and real with you. Like, I, that's just me, okay. you know? Okay. But um, anyways, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that point. <laughs> well, I'll have to keep that in mind. I didn't, I didn't think about checking on my guy's sex life. but Dude. Uh, but no, a little weird. Cause, well, yeah, because you, if you're like, like for me, sometimes I've been in like little like fights or whatever with my wife and it affects you on the doors. It, it affects you going to meetings, trying to lead other guys. And like for me, I'm thinking about it all day and like, oh, yeah. she's going to be mad at me when I get home. Like if you're yeah. not resolved. So, yeah, I think it's like, you know, you got to dig deep. I think the true leaders, they're digging into more just like sales numbers asking how the day's going they're like you know digging deep and yeah it sounds like that's what you're doing too so. yeah i learned this from actually greg butterfield um one he said a quote one day that stuck with me and he's like if your guys are struggling with work it's probably not work related it's probably something personal related mm. and so i've recognized that that if my guys are not operating at the level i know they can it's usually not like a, a skill thing there's usually something going on yeah in their personal life and i hope that if you're the leader that you have that kind of relationship relationship with them where your guys feel comfortable opening up like my guys have opened up about some gnarly things yeah you know but I, I i like that and and i think that's where true trust is formed yeah you know i really believe the people that get to see the real you the real raw not literal naked of you but you know what i mean like figuratively yeah. speaking yeah. version of you you know, with all the mask off, with all the what, like, dude, that's where real trust is formed. Because yeah. it, it it takes a high level of trust for for somebody to be like, yeah, this is this is really what's going on in my life. Yeah. You know, it's easy for a guy to show up to a sales meeting and be all like rah rah, and I'm all this, but then they tell you that him and his wife are thinking about divorce. You know, yeah. and to be that person, that's like, all right, well, I'm here for you. You know, yeah. what can I do? What resources can I recommend? Yeah. You know, I, I had a friend. I have a, a friend right now who him and his wife are going through it. Mm. And uh, I recommended a book to him called The Masculine and Leadership. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's he's not like a self-help kind of guy, like self-personal development. But he finally he finally got the book. And we literally talked two weeks ago. And he's like, dude, that book has changed my life. He's like, thank you. I guess our marriage is getting better. Hey, you know? Awesome. Yeah. yeah, if the marriage falls apart, dude, <laughs> like sales fall apart too. Yeah. Right? I know this is not a marriage podcast, but. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Part two. Part, part two. two, yeah. <laughs> No, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's something we haven't really talked about on the podcast. So I appreciate you like bringing that up because I think most leaders, especially they're not really thinking about, you know, guys, marriages, guys, sex life, whatever. And, you know, maybe it's not appropriate to ask like the girls on your team that, but. Uh, no, probably not. Yes. Yeah. That's where then my wife comes in. Yeah, exactly. My wife actually, and we do this with intention and we're not, my yeah. wife's not friends with them because she has to, but yeah. I have also made sure that, you know, my wife has a good relationship with that's the wives smart. of my leaders. That's smart. You know, and again, not because she has 
has to. Like, it just organically happens, right? When yeah. we have outings and events, yeah, she just gravitates towards them. And, yeah. you know, my wife's a stay-at-home mom, and most of the other wives are also stay-at-home moms. So, yeah. you know, sometimes if I know one of my guys going through it, I'll say, hey, can you check in on so-and-so? And she will. And, yeah. you know, because I think you're right. Like, yeah. And my wife has helped with some of the female reps in my office because, yeah, that's not my place, right? That's <laughs> yeah. a very dangerous place. Yeah. I've, yeah, you should never go to a woman and ask <laughs> exactly. those types of questions. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, and speaking of that, like, I think that's a secret for guys recruiting people with wives or whatever. Like, I remember the previous company I was with, one of the main factors in me joining that company was my wife was, like, friends with the other wives before I joined the team. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, even though, I don't know, some of the other things I don't know about, but at least my wife is friends and she has friends out here because we're not from Southern California too. So, yeah. so I think that's actually secret for guys trying to, you know, maybe you're trying to bring someone on your team, have the wives go do the recruiting for you. Yeah. So you cool. definitely want to incorporate the wives and the kids in some way because yeah. it, it's going to help in the sense of if maybe the guy in your team is having thoughts about leaving or oh, maybe I should go do something else. Yeah. The wife could be a voice that says, no, I think we should stay. Yeah. But if the wife doesn't have any type of relationship yeah. like herself with maybe people there or whatever, then she's like, oh, whatever, I'll just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know, because I've had it happen before where sometimes like the wife was the one that convinced like, no, you should, you should stay here. And they're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because she was invested in us as well. So like, you know, we try to do something where like at least two or three times a year, we put some event together where like you know, they can bring their families as well. Yeah, you know, now, I mean, to host an event with four or 500 people, it's kind of gnarly. That's why we only do yeah. it like maybe twice a year. Yeah. But we're, we'll tell guys, hey, bring your wives, bring your girlfriends, bring your boyfriends, your fiances, your kids, yeah. you know, because then it creates this also this culture where like the wives and the, the husbands, whatever, they feel like they're a part of it too. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's something we've done too on a smaller scale, just like having the wives of the salespeople go out and Obviously, that's harder with if you have 400 reps or whatever in your organization. But yeah, I think that's something cool to do that we've done is just have the wives go out and kind of hang out with sales wives. Um, but cool. Well, so just before I forget here, John, like um, you're big on social media and where if people want to connect with you more, reach out and hear more about what you guys got going. Where do they found if they're not? They should already be following you. I mean, come on. Thank you. This guy's a dropping value bombs every day on social media but in case someone's living under a rock where can they find you and uh, yeah so i mean i'm on shout out to serge the creator by the way he has really helped level up my yeah. uh, social media presence yeah, your social media is your is the modern day business card just for the record if you're not if you're a leader in solar like i would say leverage social media it is a free resource yeah. back in the day people had to pay hundreds of dollars to be on newspaper ads you know thousands of dollars to be newspaper ads tv ads Ads, you know, to get their brand and their name and their message out there. Where nowadays, if you learn how to leverage social media, YouTube, and all that, podcasts, like it's a free platform for yeah. you to leverage your message. So anyway, so uh, I am on the General John on all platforms. That's uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I'm huge on YouTube. I post a lot of my longer kind of training contents on there. Um, and you know, I, I talk a lot about leadership. Like leadership is definitely my bread and butter. I love leadership. I love leading teams. Awesome. Um, I'll do some sales stuff on there as well and then i'll do marriage as well so that's cool. kind of like my the three things three i love to talk about yeah that's so awesome. yeah like i'm huge on you know you can have it all you yeah. know I, I adopt that philosophy like hey you can have it all that true success is winning in the areas of faith family fitness and finance like i really do think yeah. that we as men you know and that's my the main people i try to also speak to is the men of this world and because i think men 
can believe that you have to sacrifice yeah. like the, the your faith family fitness to succeed in the finance yeah. in the financial component but I'm like no you can have it all like yeah. you can have a thriving marriage right you can ha- be a great dad yeah. you can be in great shape and you can have a great business yeah, yeah. you know and i really believe in that and that's kind of what i try to do on social media and try to be that voice of like hey you can have it all you know that i'm i got it together all the time me and my wife still fight yeah, you know yeah. like yeah. i still go through my seasons where things are bad but yeah. doesn't mean i don't stop so the general john that's where i'm yeah. at okay well no and i appreciate that because so many people you see on social media i've had good friends where it looks like they're crushing in all areas of their life they're just posting about the finances but come to find out you know they're going through marriage issues and all that so appreciate someone that's keeping it real like yourself and really talking about things that matter because we can make all the money in the world but if our marriage is falling apart if uh you know our kids hate us if uh you know, we're not, you know, we're not developing the other relationships in our life. It's like, what are you going to do with that money? Exactly. Right? So what's it all for, you know? Yeah, definitely. And so, uh, just to wrap up here, John, um, so something we touched on before the podcast too, is just how a lot of people these days, like we saw these solar fells and all that people, uh, you know, sometimes we, we get competitive with each other. And really, I think at the end of the day, I think we both talked about this and agree we should want to be winning. And I know that's a message you're trying to spread and just promote to you on your social media and in general, just having everybody win instead of others drag people down and talk about like, you know, all the negatives in the solar. And so what's your message on that? And then uh, just any like, you know, final words of advice or words of wisdom. I would love if the industry unified more, you know, um, I look at pages and if you're listening to this and you run solar fails this is not a <laughs> a attack on you but i just feel like w- why choose to highlight the negative components of this industry mm-hmm. instead let's highlight the good yeah. you know i'm on that solar pros web uh, facebook group and i, I find that like 80 percent of it is just drama like yeah. oh don't use this installer they screwed me over it and i get it there's a place i guess in a way to share like maybe someone who truly a company that just truly is being extremely unethical but i I would like to see more unification where we're helping each other win because here's the, here's the truth. My and I know I, even Sam Taggart. I've seen his videos where he has the same kind of thought. Mm-hmm. I worry about a day where this industry becomes regulated. Yeah, you know because of um, you know company like a lot of companies go out of business or there's a lot of bad practice and I think we need to start elevating more of the good because it's kind of like okay so I think about when you're raising kids right like when you're raising kids you want to talk about the what what you want them to do not what you don't want them to do so same thing like let's talk about the good that we're doing in this space not necessarily the bad yeah and it's kind of like the military too where I remember when I was in the Marine Corps like we Marines we thought we were better than the army and army thought they were better than the Navy and Navy than the Air Force and we did have this competition yeah but at the end of the day we were wearing different jerseys but we all knew what the big picture was which is we all supported the U.S. government yeah you know and on the battlefield it was like I got your back right but yeah at home we're like yeah we talk shit whatever yeah yeah. but it's kind of like that you know hey like you and I we're competitors in a way but dude like you're still my friend you know like me and this guy like Cam Wallace Cam Wallace top rap over at Sunder you know dude that's my homie 
Yeah. You know, love that guy. I talked to uh, Edmund Bayard a lot, a- Apricot Energy. Yeah. You know, Apricot's doing big things. And, dude, talk to Edmund all the time. You nice. know, Edmund, Ed, Edmund, Ed, Edmund's my boy. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Alex Smith over at Spartan Solar. Like, dude, talk to him all the time. Yeah, and cool. I know he had, like, a kind of a, a fallout with, I don't know, some team at Legacy. I don't, I don't know the details. But yeah. it's like I do my best to be like, dude, let's, we're all friends. Yeah. You know, like, we're all a part of the same company. Let's. I would like to see just more unification together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of a message and yeah. kind of like last, I guess, things I would, last word of advice I would say is I think all of us need to put our head down and just simply plant your flag, like decide where you want to be yeah. and stay committed on that path. Yeah. So hundred percent love that. Well, John, we appreciate you coming on the show here and for all those listening. Yeah. Like John was saying, do your best to unify. We don't have to be, uh, you know, cutting at each other's throats and bringing other people down. Like we can all up level each other and it helps us all. Cause if some, you know, if a homeowner hears from two other people that uh, their solar sucked, their company went out of business, all this negativity, it's only going to make it tougher for all of us to sell and to grow and just, you know, help each other out. So appreciate you coming, John. And uh, yeah, we'll have to have you on for round two. We'll dig deep into, you know, guys, sex life and all the marriage <laughs> stuff for, for the next one. <laughs> The Marriagepreneur podcast. But guys, go give John a follow. You're not going to be disappointed if you're not following this guy. He's dropping absolute value every single day and um, keeping it real in marriage and success in life and business. So go give him a follow and uh, appreciate you for coming on the podcast today, John. Thank you so much, Taylor. Okay. Great being here. All right. Peace. What's up, solarpreneurs? Hope you enjoyed the episode. Before you run out and start selling more solar yourself, wanted to let you know about an exciting new cheat sheet we created specifically for you in mind. One of the top questions I get asked on Instagram, on Facebook, by our listeners is, Taylor, where should I start? What episodes should I listen to in the podcast? You got too many podcasts, man, because now we have over 200 episodes. So what we've done, we created the top 10 most downloaded, most listened to, and I would say widely accepted, most useful podcasts that we've done here on Solarpreneur. We put them together all in one sheet, so you can go, you can hit the ground running, especially if you're new, you do not want to not have this sheet. So go download it right now. It's going to be at top10.solarpreneurs.com. Again, that's top 10, the number 10 dot solarpreneurs.com don't forget the s on solarpreneurs we will have that in the show notes go download it right now and especially if you have not listened to him go listen to him and you can re-listen to him that's going to show you how so go download it and we'll see you on the other side